Good morning, family and friends. God bless you, each and every one. Thank you for joining me. This is Gail Manizak with City Changers, Illinois. And I had a message on my heart, and actually I've been talking about it quite often lately, about the race that is set before us. Amen. Jesus has set a race before us. We read about that in the Bible in Hebrews chapter 12. And, you know, if there's anything that I would desire in this world, it would be that I finish my race. And and not only finish it, but finish it well. So, you know, as we compare our lives to Jesus, or as Jesus followers, as followers of Jesus who are running a race set before us, with the challenges that we might find in a, say, literal race, then we have the great example of our Lord who, while he walked on the earth as a man, he ran his race as well, and he encountered all the temptations. He encountered all the challenges that we do. See Hebrews chapter 4. Our Lord was opposed by the most powerful political and religious systems of his day. He had no personal wealth he, he or power, but he did have the filling and filling of the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 4, 1, which we have available to us as well. And note I said it's available to us as well. We need to go after that this day and this age If there was no other time in the history of the world, we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is now. My mind goes to Peter where he said, you know, have you in Acts, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And as you read in Acts, if you read it close and you ask the Lord, he will show you that is a separate Uh, experience with the Lord than being born again. So, okay, let me not get too far off track, which I notice I do occasionally. Our world is actually, it's being shaken as as various forces and uh, even this pandemic that we've had that has come upon our world. Our Father promised that he would shake everything that can be shaken, right? To show what cannot be shaken. Hebrews chapter 12. So in this season of shaking, we are experiencing testings. We are experiencing trials from within and without and being challenged uh, even by our culture to stand against the winds that are blowing contrary to our God and contrary to our faith in this day. Jesus, he came and he he stood against even stronger winds. And he will empower, he will enable um, to do so, uh, us to do so as well. So this part of the race will be different than we've known or than we've practiced. And he has left us his spirit. He has left us his word to guide us along the narrow pathway during these challenging times. So we'll look at 
six different thoughts from his word to inspire us as we press on. So, you know, we first we must walk our talk. That which we're talking, we, we need to be walking it. Amen. Not just talking it. And many are doing that. And many have been doing that for a long time. But we have to, to walk the, our talk like never before. Our previous ways have not been good enough to face the winds that are blowing and those that are likely or could possibly come. So Jesus warns against hypocrisy, the leaven of the Pharisees. Uh, hypocrisy is caused by attempting to live out of contrary value system at the same time and is the primary accusation that is actually leveled against the contemporary church. So the naysayers say, you don't look any different from us. You want the same things we do and you do the same things we do. Hate to say this, but the church is full of hypocrites. So We've got to, let me not lose my place here. The world accuses us of hypocrisy as a church, as a whole, as as even individuals. And say that we want the same things they want and do the same things they do. Where could they possibly get that idea? What do they see that causes them to speak that way? about the church and and about us individually. There must be some things that are common enough that in their opinion, make them credible to them. So you know what, could they be watching our our most successful and high, high profile models of Christianity? Let's say superstar megachurch pastors and entertainers and how they live. Are watching our music videos and listening to our music and and they are unable to differentiate between theirs and ours is that not sad so I wonder how they're coming to that conclusion just that one reference right there <clears throat> have they done business deals with us where where money was a stumbling block amen or were they were they treated in a way that showed the the love of money more than the love of God? Do they live near us as neighbors, but they never see us speak or hear us speak about our Lord and Savior? And maybe they judge that that He isn't important enough to for us to mention to them. And if if there really is a hell that we are indifferent towards they're going there so do we seek after worldly riches do we seek after worldly riches with the same passion that we do and then spend them on the same pleasures and luxuries as they do with maybe no discernible difference You know, there'll be, at the end of time, there will be the separation of the sheep and goats and the wheat and tares. 
And let me tell you, the wheat looked just like the tares. There's not much difference in them except the, the, the main thing that I remember when I studied about the wheat and the tares is the wheat bends, it bends over in the breeze of the, of the wind and the tares, they stand straight up like proud, prideful. But the plant looks exactly the same. So are we living as as these, you know, maybe rich fools in a world that is starving for both physical and spiritual food? What what do they see versus what should they see in us? And what are you doing yourself to let God's light, Jesus' light, shine into this darkness of this world. What am I doing? What are you doing? What are any of us doing? We need to search our heart. Ask God to search our heart. In Luke 12, 29 through 31, it says, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Philippians 4.19 And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 So you know what? You might look at these scriptures and say, you know what? Are these scriptures really true? And do we live like they are as Christians? Do we live like these scriptures are true? Are we showing the world who God really is and that what God said he really meant? The world doesn't know anything about the uh, economy of the abundance of God or where he rules over all and is never limited by lack of anything. He is the creator of everything that is. The world does not know that unless they see it in us. So how should we live? Like the world uh, scrabbling after stuff so that we can grab it before someone else gets it first, only to to find out that when we get it, it never satisfies anyway. Only sending us after more. Amen? Or is there a better way? Do you know the way? The way that Jesus lived? What's what's our model? Um, frantic acquisition or peaceful trust in our sovereign Lord. What is our model? We know what our model is, but are we living after that model can can you believe me when i say i will always have all i need and need to do let me back up as i just blew that can you believe me when i say now this is jesus speaking i will always have all i need to do all god asks So what is the catch here in this saying? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. John 
4, verse 34. So if that was Jesus's uh, instruction, it's ours too. Jesus is coming, you know. He's risen and he will come for us one at a time or all at one time, but he is surely coming again. It will be different though the next time. We first saw him born in a humble manger and, and entering Jerusalem on a donkey. He didn't resist the evil men who tortured him. He didn't resist the evil men who hung him up on that cross. He didn't resist anyone. When he comes again, he will come as the victorious King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He will come on a beautiful white horse to fight the final battle of Armageddon, Revelation 19. Finally, he will call all followers of himself, living and the dead, and his to his wedding feast. So we're living our lives in the between time, running our race here. We don't know when he will return. We don't know how it will happen for us individually, but we do know as his followers that it will happen. It's going to happen because the Bible says it is. And when it does, whether individual individually each one of us or as a body what will he find us doing what will he find you doing when he comes what if he came right now what are you doing right now will there will there will we be living for the the world will we be chasing the values of the world or will, will we be living for him what values will our lives be portraying Will you be, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say. There's so many different sins, but will you be sneaking around on your wife, you know, having a date behind her back? Or will you be doing this or that that is, does not show the obedience to Christ or following after his life or the example he set for us? What will you be doing? In this time of shaking, the world desperately needs to see Jesus with skin on that's us amen containers of the living god living our lives in a way that is as much in contrast to the world as was jesus's when he came and lived among us so he's the light of the world the darkness is gathering friends and we need to let him shine We need to let him shine. The winds of opposition to our faith are blowing. And the battle raid battles, battles, many of them throughout the world, rage across the globe. And our challenge to live as disciples and Christ followers is building almost day by day. Governments embrace platforms advocating abortion same-sex marriage and transgenderism with those practices affirmed by their courts. Freedom of speech, religion, and the right to assemble are threatened. There's something wrong with this picture. We see global rioting and looting. Nations are divided as never before. In addition, bringing great complexity and fear happens to be the COVID-19 pandemic. 
for the past few years. So you know what? It's time. It is a time vibrant with opportunity to lift up the one Jesus Christ who cannot be shaken and to offer peace in the storm-driven world and hope for the future. We're not here by accident. We are here as intentional players in God's great plan to redeem the world in his son, Jesus Christ. But it's also a war, a spiritual war, and we must be ready to fight spiritually, not in our strength, but in his. We need spiritual muscles. We need spiritual authority. We need to fight the spiritual war. And how do we build, say those things like spiritual muscles? How do we build those? And spiritual authority. We build ourselves spiritually by knowing him in increasing intimacy. By being filled with his spirit. Whoa. Feel the presence of God so strong. And by living in obedience to his word and his way. We don't have a choice. Well, we do have a choice. But hopefully your choice is to live in obedience. And according to his word. So runners in this race... You know, they they might look tough. Marathon runners speak of a wall that they run into as they push forward or push towards the finish line. Let me ask you this. Are you running into the wall in your race? Have you asked the Father to fill you with the power that he filled Jesus with? Are you pressing in to knowing him with even greater intimacy? Is your armor checked and ready? In closing, let me ask this question. Are you ready to stand? Read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 before you answer. And then, you know what? Press on. Because we have a race that we need to run. And it's a God-appointed race. And that race is, is set out. God has given us the instructions and the directions how to run it. We'll be running on the straight and narrow, not the wide road that leads to destruction. We will not be compromising with the world, but we will be submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ with everything within us. We will be a light that is set upon a hill, not hid under a bushel, as the Bible says. And as I say that, I'm going to go ahead and close. But I'm going to tell you, you're in a race. How is the world distinguishing you between your neighbor who is not a Christian? We all, each and every one of us, need to examine ourselves and, and just see if we're, we are where God wants us to be. Because if we're not... We need to get back to the basics and, and the very basics of, of the Bible. The very first message was repent. We need to repent and get back on track. Stand up with uh, no compromise. 